We are live back following the Genesis Invitational Tiger Woods' tournament. We got all four of us on the squad here tonight. Uh, going into the Honda Classic, the Florida Swing, moving over to the East Coast. It's time, boys. We're starting with the Honda, the Bear Trap, a original Tom Fazio design, now uh, redesigned in 1990 by Jack Nicholas, and also touched up again in 2014, I believe by the golden bear we've got the bear trap 15 16 and 17 i believe are the three holes uh two of those are par threes with a lot of water to be in play and then 16 uh, has water all on the right some really tough holes coming in uh make or break your your day your week your weekend matt jones defending champion last year started off with a 61 tying the course record set by brian Harmon in 2012 uh, he was just on fire. I think three of the last four he birdied and started off with four of the first five he birdied on that first round. So look for someone to get hot in that opening round. Nonetheless, we are back with the boys. What did you guys think of that Genesis Invitational? I have to first say that Matt Jones, fastest golf player in the history of players. At Kapalu, when they timed it, I didn't think it was real at first. The way he just steps up waggle and then hits it like there's no thought he just hits and like putting four is the seconds same it's safe to say fastest 61 of all time i'm sure at the honda i think that's fair to say uh you know the fastest recorded round i think was kevin Na when he sprinted all 18 at this caddy i'm pretty sure his caddy was hating him for that but they got it done yeah. uh anything else stick out to you over the week you know thursday friday uh some some pretty good altogether rounds, but uh, Joaquin Neiman just separated himself over the weekend, really took control. Uh, that was his second career victory. He almost won uh, the Century TOC a couple years ago, infamously was, was chatted up with Sergio instead of hitting balls to keep himself warm and ended up costing him in the playoff. But he got it done. I saw an interesting stat there, 23 years old or younger to go wire to wire. Since 2011, it's been Roy McIlroy in the 2011 U.S. Open. I think Spieth did it at the 2015 Masters. And then last but not least would be Joaquin. So only three times and two of them were majors. I thought that was incredible. Yeah, and you bring up, you bring up a good point about age because everyone's talking about the Gala, uh, Zala Torres as like the young up-and-coming stars, right? But Joaquin's younger than both of them. He's just been on the PGA Tour for so long because he turned pro so young, a former number one amateur. So in terms of young stars, he should definitely be in the conversation um, more than the other two. Yeah, I think so. I mean, coming over from Chile, he probably didn't go to college, if at all, and just straight to the PGA Tour, not a bad life. He gets started around 19. I think he was, uh, he was in the 2018 Masters, so he has been around for – a little while it's great to see him get that second w across the board i think he's he's a hell of a player he's been around the top of the leaderboard a number of times we'll see a lot more from jaco but uh you know there was a, a bunch of guys that were right there cameron young we, we haven't heard of him too much but he was chasing the entire weekend he kept himself in it obviously morikawa had a great weekend and and probably enough to get it done most times over at riviera so Expect a couple more wins from Morikawa. Adam Scott was right there. Lots of guys were right there. 
Uh, but but Joaquin just separated himself. And Cameron, yeah, it seemed like yeah. a lot of Hideki pause at the top too. Literally the only other person I've ever seen do that. Never see that. Yeah, wait, who was that? Cameron Young, who uh, tied two with uh, Morikawa. Oh, 17. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and then, I, I don't know, uh, there was a lot of talk before the week about the 10th hole, that par four, that's that's drivable. Not a lot of guys were getting on the, the putting floor, so I don't really know that it deserves the hype of this great drivable par four. There's the bailout to the left that everyone was just taking that route if they could and chipping up and on. Um, some other great holes at that course and 10 was a little bit underwhelming as i was watching throughout the weekend what do you guys think that actually brings up an interesting point i was listening to a podcast with max homa and he's like it's either like the best short par four in the world or the worst because you kind of just like throw it out to the left nobody wants to miss right even if you're in that front bunker you're pretty much done um it's pretty much impossible to stop it on the green um but he pretty much described it as he's trying to play for a four which for a PGA tour player on a drivable par four is pretty rare. And then if he happens to end up with a good drive, then maybe he's going for a three. Um, But I mean, you saw with DJ hitting like four bunker shots on one hole. There's definitely a big number out there. Yeah. I also, what I don't like about the hole is, and this is the, I guess a preference, like that's not a driver hole. That's a, all the pros are hitting three wood. Like, it's not a true driver. I mean, I guess a drivable par four doesn't mean it has to be driver, but you think, like, the risk-reward is you're going to take driver because you have the length to get to it, or you're going to lay up. And I, it's weird to hear Max say that it's, he's playing for four when you could take a six iron off that tee, be 100 yards out. And, I mean, those guys are perfect from, you know, not perfect, as, as Tiger <laughs> As a Tiger stat said, from 120 yards out, he hit the green like, what, 80% of the time, which is yeah. still wild to think. Um, but, I mean, put it within five feet, you know, from 100 out. I'll yeah, be interested to hear three. G's take on this because JT, notably, uh, he only played the layup all four rounds. So he didn't go for it once yeah. Thursday to Sunday, and it worked out well for him. He was right up there in the top ten. He never buried yeah. it. Though. I mean, I barely saw any birdies on the hole as is. For me, yeah, playing the layup was probably the smart call because most of the guys ended up being long left in the rough, having a hard chip shot, not sure what the ball is going to do out of the rough. Now, there were a lot of good plays, but again, to roll that putt and get a birdie, mm, didn't see it a lot. The four was the play, and JT just played the hole how it should have been played. It's not supposed to be an aggressive hole. It's it's not high risk, high reward. It's one of those, just play the short club, trust your wedge, and get a good look, stress-free par. Yeah. yeah. Be Interesting tidbit on that. The course where JT practices at, the Grove, I guess, has a replica of that green there. And he was literally practicing like the 60-yard shot over and over again because he knew he was going to lay up the whole time. But like Max was saying, like even the layup, like it's almost impossible to hold that green unless you have the kind of skill that that JT has and where they put the pin location on Sunday, like laying up, unless you hit just an absolutely perfect shot, you're pretty much rolling off the back into the back bunker 
And then it's a tough up and down from there. Like, I don't know if you guys saw the broadcast where they have all the stats on where people make birdies from. Yeah. But like it goes from like, like 20 something percent to 50 or 60%. If you just hit driver or hit it up near the green versus laying up. And I saw it on Sunday, JT walked off the exact pace from the pin back to his ball. I think, I think it was back like at 80, but it might've been 60. Um, And they mentioned that, that grow 23 shout out Michael Jordan for, copying a little bit of the riv there but that was really cool to see jt he knew that shot he knew what he was doing so he went and stepped it off to the exact number wanted to trust it and like like we've been saying that is a marble dance floor you have to be precise we watched cameron young you know drop a stroke at an inopportune time just by coming up short he uh you know it, it doesn't look good to the amateur eye when you see a guy right in front of the bunker fly one short into the bunker, but it's because he had to land it just over the bunker to be able to have a shot of sticking that green and holding there. But, you know, he, he cost himself, lost the opportunity to get within one or two of Joaquin going into the back nine. And uh, I mean, that's just a tough hole. So I think 17 at Scottsdale blows it away, but Joe, you have another point to make there. Oh, I was just going to say in like, that long left miss, like you saw some guys in that long left and there's like the palm trees and like the little bushes in between and they have just, you know, a three foot window to get it through. And then there's the false front on that left side of the green that if they hit it on the green, it's like, oh, I was fine. And then it rolls back. Just like, I agree. It's a tough hole. But as G said, it's just you got to do the percentage play. Just hit it 200 yards in the middle of the fairway and just wedge it to death. Yeah, I mean, if you can guarantee you're not going to go into that rough long left and kind of just find that that cushy zone right between the bunker that protects it on the left side and, and where the green starts, because that green is such a severe angle to the right, and especially on Sunday when you have that back right pin, you need like this perfect drive. I almost think it needs to be a drive than a three-wood to have so much side spin to be able to snap off at the end and bounce right. And yeah, that's just not the play. Nobody has that shot in the bag. I mean, that's getting lucky even for the pros. And yeah, I, I agree. Uh, the percentage play by the stats says to get up in front of the green on that left side. But I, I just feel like the better shot is to lay up and hit your, your wedge in, but I don't know. And, I mean, and the sample size is also way more of people going for it. So like, I don't know how those stats are calculated, but like if JT is literally the only one in the field laying up, yeah, there's going to be less birdies if he's literally the only one. That's but you true. see Morikawa's um, chip when he eagled, he hold out. Like, that is about to go Shit. into the back bunker if it doesn't hit the hole. So oh, that's yeah. just like a tough shot from that position. And he picked it so perfect, too. Yeah. That was Ridiculous. way over if it doesn't hit the pin. And he chipped in on, on another hole, I think, what was it, 12 or 7? Another hole right around 10 within mm-hmm. a couple – but yeah, it's just the, all those greens are impossible to hold. When I was watching on Thursday, I thought the fourth hole, that par three, that was, I think, around two to 220, that was going to be the hardest hole all week, I thought. I mean, those guys were hitting it way off to the right and it would come all the way down that hill. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. surprising to see that that wasn't talked about a little bit more. Um, I would like to see the stats on the holes, what, what was playing the most over par for the week. That's that's an interesting hole because if you landed on the green rolling off the back, but if you landed in the fringe, like a few feet short of the green, it just stops because of that Kakuya grass or whatever. So it's it's pretty much impossible to get it close. 
Did we see if anybody went in the bunker in the middle of the green? Oh, I didn't see anyone hitting out of there. The, the pin locations weren't weren't drawn to it as much this year. I feel like I, I don't know how often people the do donut it. green. Yeah, you didn't yeah. see Rory. You didn't see Rory's shot out of there. No, Did I didn't. Him? Did he went in? Oh yeah, he was in the center and he played a shot out directly left into the bank and basically rolled it all the way back to a tap-in par. Wow. Played it completely horizontal, but it was so perfect. I mean, oh, just dude, I don't textbook. think the podcast showed that. You were watching, no. like, the featured group, right, on ESPN Plus? Oh, yeah, you're totally right. How I does was the podcast watching. not show that? Yeah, you got to pick yeah. that one up. Come on, like, people. <laughs> that one's got to get picked up. But Rory had a decent week finishing at minus 10. I think that was definitely good enough for a, a top 20, if, if not closer to that top 15 or top 10. Uh, I, I don't know. A lot of, uh, a lot of interesting finishes. Spieth got out to a really hot start. He was at minus 10 for a while. I think he finished the second round at minus nine, which was already six shots off the pace at that point or whatever it was. And then I, I was kind of going back and forth. Should I have picked Spieth instead of Rom? This was the first time having Rom on my team, but Rom ended up uh, tied with Spieth at the end of the weekend. Spieth just went backwards a little bit too much, so I'll take it there. Uh, I I kind of ran away just because of Morikawa. It was, you know, minus 34 to 19, 14, and 11, and half of my strokes were just because of Morikawa at minus 17. So it could have been anyone's game. If, if he slipped or whoever took him, obviously, was going to win, it looks like. But – a great tournament overall. Tiger hosting. It was great to see him walking around. Interesting little tidbit there. After, you know, climbing those steps at Riviera, which they were talking about a lot to get to the first tee uh, and up by the clubhouse. It's like 52 steps straight uphill. And on Sunday evening, when he walked up there to do the trophy presentation, he looked like he was breezing up it. So I, I don't know. I mean, I know there's a long way to go. He doesn't sound like he's really that close or he's playing the long game really well. Uh, I, I just, I can't say, but all I know is that he walked up there and it looked pretty easy. Who knows when we see Tiger coming to play. You know, speaking of the first hole, that needs to be a par four. Yeah. Yeah. Seriously. You couldn't be more right about that. I mean, there was too many Eagles and way too many birdies on that hole. Yeah. That's crazy. I think we, I mean, we'd be remiss if we didn't talk about the Phil situation. Phil just losing his all of his not all of his sponsors, but longest partners in KPMG, and I think did Workday back out on them too. I haven't heard about Workday, but for sure KPMG, who's been there forever. Uh, Good. He I, he went off and, and Workday signed Rory, so like I don't yeah, know. yeah, but yeah. I just I mean yeah that hey, the players too are what what sort of shocked me like. What he said was very aggressive, but just having the player sort of not have his back, which, I mean, rightfully so, he, he, you know, spoke out of his ass. Well, Uh, especially like Willie just said, Rory came out hot against him. He was calling Give a recap for those who don't know or who might have not seen what Phil said. Yeah, D, you got that? Phil basically was saying that he wants to take an opportunity – against the PGA tour to kind of, you know, draw them back in a little bit, put them in their place. 
you've seen before this uh, last week, uh, guys like Charlie Hoffman, uh, Phil, obviously, uh, I think Bryson too, have been kind of standing up to the PGA Tour saying, you know, we, we need more players' rights. Uh, Phil didn't love that they uh, cut the driver length down to 46 and a half now, and I think he used to play a 48-inch driver. But uh, a couple of things that the PGA Tour has done to kind of limit the player's ability both off the course and on the course and he wanted to take the opportunity with the Saudi league to, to show them like, Hey, you know, we have options as players and we can threaten to, to leave. If you guys don't give us some of that action back that we're looking for, it's a player's league at first, or at least it should be. And I don't know. I, we saw a lot of guys come and stick their allegiance to the PGA tour, Tiger, John Rahm, Morikawa, JT, Rory, all the best of the best are going to be around on the PGA tour for a long time. Uh, Phil had some some comments that went a little too far, probably, but I think in his heart, he is looking out for his fellow tour members, uh, the betterment of the game, the fans. He just wants what's best for the game, what's best for the fans, what's best for the, the tour in general. So I think, you know, we can all kind of rein it in a little bit for Phil. He means well. It's just it was a, a tough scenario where the comments he made didn't sound great. And he was a little bit back in the Saudi tour, but you know, he's, he's been a career PGA tour guy. He's got to be thinking what's best. And I know he came out in his apology and said, I just want what's best. So a lot to unpack there. We could really dive into it, but I think all that needs to be said is the PGA tours players, the best players are sticking on the PGA tour. Phil apologized for, for speaking out of place a little bit. And who knows what the future of the Saudi tour is after Phil, DJ, and Bryson, who look to be their main stars that might be going, are all out. They all declare their allegiance to the PGA tour. We should be happy with that and go from there. I don't know. Rory's comments on Phil were, were a little bit strong. Uh, he, he came out saying they were arrogant, egotistic, and um, yeah, maybe they were, but I, I got to no, think that. I think Rory knows Phil well enough to know that he wasn't that serious or wasn't that strong about it. I don't know. What are you, what are you guys' takes on it? There was I'm, one. I'm, I'm with the players. I think it was a, I think Phil, Phil, I you just don't know someone's intent. Like, yes, Phil's uh, issued a, an apology now, but like we didn't know like his intent, like before that apology, we thought his intent was to, you know, go over to the Saudi tour, bring as many players to the Saudi tour. We didn't know until this apology that he was, you know, just trying to do this for, you know, to better the PGA tour and all these things that we now know in his apology in the future, in the, in the present, it was what, like, why is he saying all of this? Like, and the players didn't know it. And so I think, I think it's, you know, tough scene for Phil, but I mean, he's a legend of the game. He'll get over it. But I think the comments were apropos. Yeah, it's definitely a tough scene for Phil right now. And even Bryson and DJ didn't come out and say, like, I'm back, I'm on the PGA Tour until Phil's stuff kind of blew up. So, like, if that wouldn't have happened, I don't know if they they, they had plenty of opportunity before that happened to come out and say that. So I think what happened with Phil definitely changed their intentions. And something that's really interesting that Phil said that could lead to possibly some maybe a suspension on the PGA tour, whatever it might be. He did say he's going to take some time away. 
So who knows what that means? But he, and this came from Alan Shipnuck's a little snippet from his upcoming biography that him and two other tour players paid lawyers to write the operating agreement yes. for the Saudi golf league. So in like the PJ tour handbook, there's like a weird interpretation of conduct that's detrimental to the PGA tour. I think writing an operating agreement for another rival tour might fall under that. So that was something that was really interesting. It sounds like it was pretty serious. And then with all the most of the top players sticking on the PJ tour and all the backlash that Phil got from his recent quotes kind of changed the tides on the, on the Saudi golf league. Yeah, I think you're right. There was a lot of shifts just this weekend about, you know, that whole tour and uh, maybe, maybe Phil's comments kind of put the nail in the coffin for it a little bit, but that wouldn't be the end of the world, especially for most guys who have been following the PGA tour and uh, people have been playing on the PGA Tour a long time. We'll see. I, I really don't know if the Saudi League will go on, but it seems like they have too much invested in it already to shut it down completely. And they're supposed to have a big announcement. Well, they were supposed to when they had 20 players sign on, which they, they said they got to that number. And they were going to announce something during the Players' Championship week, which is not this next weekend, but the following, March 10th to 13th. So keep an ear out for that. We'll see if there's any traction but, uh, you know, I think Phil's comments were just about enough. And then, of course, you had a lot of people declaring their allegiance this weekend. I don't know why this weekend otherwise would have been such a big weekend for everyone to come out about it. Golf Channel today literally did it. They were just showing clips from all these different PGA Tour golfers like Billy Horschel, Lucas Glover, a bunch of other people just asking about the Phil comments. And um, they were all like, you know, Phil's a legend. He's done a lot for the game. But but these comments were pretty out of whack. And I don't think, I don't think many PGA tour players were too happy about it. One thing that Phil said was he, he called the Saudi personnel scary MFers. And I, I'm trying to find something that, you know, really right. solidifies the, um, his walk back was I use words. I sincerely regret that do not reflect my true feelings or intentions. And I'm just trying to find anything else that kind of, he also used go on like, that path like along those lines of like they're scary MFers. Like he also he's like he just threw in like murdering gays too. And like what just like weird like that's like what Phil? Like what are we saying right now, bro? Like like this is not golf related, man. Like we know, you know, <clears throat> there's a small, you know, population of those people that definitely do that. But like why are we bringing this into the golf like world? Like that's just so it's also, yeah. you know, the Saudi league was going to be mostly played in America. It's still basically an American tutor just backed by Saudi funding is what I've gotten from it. I mean, there's going to be a few tournaments over there, but they already go to Dubai and yeah. the UAE for tournaments during the fall and winter. So I, I don't really know that. And Phil probably knows more than we do sitting here about Obviously, who is yeah. backing it and, and what, where the money is coming from. And, just based on the fact that they were talking about ridiculous money for Bryson and, and probably Phil and whoever else, it, it does seem a little bit like, where is all this coming from? And, and how did they just have that much money to throw around to, to bring people over? You know, the PGA tour doesn't pay players to be on the tour. They, they pay them for the events they get into it and how well they do on those events. So very interesting to see what happens next. I think we got a couple of weeks to find out more. But it was interesting that uh, during the Genesis, you know, this is Tiger's event. This, 
maybe that was part of it too. Uh, there's so much to talk about with Tiger and we're kind of getting to a repetitive stage. We heard Jim Nance on Sunday going, you know, when are you coming back? Welcome to the booth. When are you coming back? And they just wouldn't get off him about that. So that could have been just another kind of thing to, to lay off all the Tiger hype and talk about something else. Obviously this is starting to get talked about a little bit too much as well. Who knows? We'll see where we go from there, but we are officially in the Florida swing. We are down in Palm Beach Gardens, Florida. The only one of the four stops that is really kind of in a lot of the tour pros backyards. A lot of those guys live down there near Jupiter. This is less than 20 minutes away from most of them. And not a lot of them play in it. It's a home game that they've started to, to not play as much. I think in 2012, Rory won it. 2016 or 17, Ricky won it. And then the following year, JT won it. So we've had some big names win recently. Obviously, last year was Matt Jones. It's a good tournament, and it's a Jack Nicholas design. They, they all are close with Jack, especially a lot of them play at the Bears Club down there or at least practice there. So it's interesting to me that not, you know, you don't get this full-fledged field, but I guess, you know, you have the Arnold Palmer up next and then right into Sawgrass and they're coming off the West Coast swing. It's probably a scheduling thing just on the calendar of I need an off week and this is the one they choose to take off. Definitely. Coming from Riv, like West Coast, they're all going to play Riv. Like you have top 10 golfers in the world. Now, none of the top 10 are even playing. But I know. Have you played PGA National before? Gee, you did, didn't you? I did not play PGA National. I haven't been on PGA National. Um, that It would be a fun one to play at the Bear Trap. I've been over to Innisbrook where they have the Valspar in a few more weeks. Uh, I've played down at Trump Doral, which I thought was a fantastic course. They used to have a tour event there. Uh, and, and that was a 2005 Phil and Tiger battled it out at what was then the Ford championship. I believe uh, they had a great Sunday back and forth battle. Uh, and at the time that 18th hole designated name is the blue monster was the toughest par four on tour playing like four and a half strokes. So a little bit over par there. Um, there's a ton of great courses down there and especially in South Florida, obviously those guys I'll, I'll play down there and live down there. Some of the private ones we should mention would be like Medalist, the Bears Club. Uh, another big one down there is Seminole. And uh, they have Trump National Jupiter there. One other one I'm thinking of, well, the Grove, obviously. Michael yeah, Jordan's say course. course down there. Michael Jordan's course is down there. So it's JT's for, new course, uh, the one Panther, uh, Panther yeah, Grove. Panther National. So that he's building with Jack Nicholas. We just kind of saw our first glimpses of it today but it's supposed to be done um in 2023 so they're they're coming along on it pretty quickly it sounds like we're going to see some great stuff there i would imagine jt's first design and he's partnering with one of the best oh. to ever do it jack nicholas i cannot wait to hear more about that course i just want to see like what jt like sprinkles in like you know because that's you know a guy you know our age and breaking ground on a new project like what is his skin is it gonna? Is there gonna be a signature? You know, JT sort of like there's a signature P die, like how he just is super super tough and you know annihilating if you miss in certain sections, or is it sort of just gonna be a classical you know normal design? I would love to. I can't wait to see it. That's a great question. I know G will be very interested in that, and yeah. you know, I think maybe it's something he might grow into 
I, I would be hard pressed to imagine that this will be the a one and done for JT. So lots more to come, I hope, and we'll be along uh, to see it when it comes, but it could be something he implants right here. First try, uh, but we'll see. And I'm sure he's got lots of inspiration while he's talking to Jack. And uh, I, I want to say something that is, you know, involving wedges. I, I don't know why I don't think he's necessarily known as a wedge player. He's more of just a complete player. But for me lately, Justin Thomas's wedges have been impeccable. I love watching him hit wedge shots. So I'm kind of hoping that there's something to do with, uh, you know, that 150 and in that he has his eyes on. Yeah. Do we know if it's public or private? Don't know for sure yet. I, I am almost just guessing it's going to be private. Lots of those courses down there are especially in the Jupiter Palm beach area. Um, but there's a lot of great courses that you can play that are, are public too. Uh, I think Jonathan landing is one of them. If, if it's not an Admiral's Cove is down there, but you know, you've got Tampa, Orlando, Jacksonville, plenty of good golf all around Florida. It's always a fun Florida swing. I was actually kind of surprised that there's really only four tournaments they play down in Florida uh, between this, the Players Championship, the Valspar Championship over in Tampa, and then uh, Arnold Palmer's Bay Hill. So they hit all four spots between Southeast Florida, the Miami, Fort Lauderdale, Jupiter, Palm Beach area, then up to Sawgrass, which is Jacksonville. I'm sorry. First, it's Arnold Palmer's in Orlando, then over to Jacksonville, and then they go to the Valspar over in Tampa. So they hit the four spots, really great golf courses, all four of them, and we should get uh, a pretty decent field at Orlando for the Bay Hill Arnie's tournament. And then probably the best field every single year, the players championship. We've got something special coming for the players championship. Stay tuned for that in two weeks, but wow. for now, the Honda classic, the bears trap, a couple guys in the field. I mean, there's, there's a couple names in there, but we want to kick this off and do our picks starting with G. Yep. You got it, bro. All right, first pick this week is going to the 2020 champion, probably the one year D did not reference. Thank you, mm. D. Thought you were going to steal my thunder. Uh, couldn't get it done last year, but finished eighth. So still solid performance. Mr. Sungjae is first pick this week. There we go. Wow, the odds-on favorite. Yep, yep. I got a one. one. Power rankings. I got to wonder if the power rankings were in play there. <laughs> yeah, a, li- a little bit, a little bit. I'll, I'll be honest. I got Ooh. an interesting stat, though, that backs that up. So most birdies per round on the PGA Tour in Florida since 2017, Sungjae, with over four birdies per round. On the wow. PGA Tour, wow. Yeah, Ricky's Did not second. know that. Ricky's in second with 3.98, and then – there's someone else that you picked who's in third, but I won't give that away yet. First yeah, of all, all right. as amateurs, how good does that make you here to hear that feel to hear that four birdies per round is the average on the PGA tour. And I, I've only just had in a couple Florida events, just in Florida. Oh, okay. Just okay. In Florida. Some that, tough courses, lots of water, but also some variable holes. That changes things. I wonder what the PGA tour average is, but all right for Florida, even though, I mean, I've only have a handful of rounds that I've had four birdies in. Uh, and I've, I've definitely have more with three, but breaking into that four per round is not as easy as it sounds. And I, I don't know. It's, it's good to hear that stat, Willie. Thank you for that. 
<laughs> All right. I believe it's my turn. I'm going with it's a home. It's a home. Uh, home course uh, for him, I believe. Uh, Mr. Brooks Kepka. Absolutely. His Down brother's there. in the field, so I think he's going to try and show out. You know, pull out the big brother. You know, jeans and you know, show him how it's done and get a W. You know, underneath his belt this time. Yeah, it's a good thing you didn't just say Kepka because I might have marked a C in front of that for you. Ah, watch, <laughs> watch. Is his name Chase, right? I believe so. Yes. Yeah, watch him just go top five, and then then I would say no. I was picking the other Kepka. <laughs> we'll leave that one open for you. Whichever Kepka finishes Our, higher, Joe can take. Oh wow! Eleven. <laughs> big week. Big week for uh, for Gary and I. We're tied currently for second uh, at sixteen or at. Is it? It's at 16 points 16. a pop. Yep. yep. 16 yeah, a pop. So uh, we're going head to head this week. So I appreciate that little gift. Look, Willie is only a first place finish with the winner picked away from being in uh, second or third place alone. So we got to look out for that. It's one good week away. And we know Willie can get a high hand quick. Willie with the third pick, who are you going with? Yeah, I need a good week for sure. I mean, literally picking probably the safest thing of all time with DJ at Riviera last week misses the cut. <laughs> um, so I'll go with another, what I think is a safe pick, and that's Louie, who is just about one of the steadiest players on the PGA Tour, a favorite of, of our buddy G over there. He thought he was going to slip to the second round, but wasn't going to let that happen, so I'm going with Louie for my first-round pick. Uh, it kills me, Will Dog, but... <laughs> Yeah, he's he's going to definitely probably win this thing, no doubt in my mind. Uh, probably like six birdies each round. He's going to kill it. He's firing right now, too. The six birdies per round, you know, it, if he can do it this week, he might just overtake Sungjae. Who knows? But <laughs> <laughs> I will be taking another uh, local boy, the home game models. The projections are off the charts here. Returning from a back injury. I'm not even quite sure the last tournament he did play, but the guy is pretty solid overall. A couple wins on tour, lives in the area. I've heard great things from guys like uh, Kevin Kisner or, or Colt Nose, I think on the Subpar con, uh, podcast. They, they talk about this guy and those uh, off week or, or weekday games that they play with the touring pros. Daniel Berger, really looking for him to come back from his, uh, his rib injury and, and just be right out the gates because that guy can play. He's usually always around the top of the field, top of the leaderboard when he is in the, in the field and looking for him to come out hot. Yeah. Great pick. You know, he loves Florida. Yeah. Good pick, dude. Good pick. Good pick. All right. Uh, second round now, second round again. All right. Here we, go. here we go. Here we go. Um, all right. I'm going with Mr. Gator himself, Billy Horschel. Not much to say here. Uh, team Titleist guy. You know, I think Billy is an emotional player. I think being in Florida, being in his home state, he'll be in good good vibes. And uh, we'll see if that can bring him to a top 10, top five finish. Has he won at yeah. the Honda Classic? I think he has. Uh, I don't know off the top of my head. For some reason, I have this, this image of him um, you know, coming down the stretch and, and winning at PGA national, but we do know he's a, a proven player FedEx cup champion. And, and he was in the, 
uh, final at the Austin tournament last year, the Dell match play, I believe. So, I mean, the guy can play, no doubt about it. Billy Horschel should be a great pick here, especially in Florida. Go Gators, Gainesville. But, Joe, who are you going with? You know, I wish I knew who I was going with. I just texted the group chat asking who my second <laughs> pick is. Um, well, I've got oh you. My goodness. I think this oh, guy, I think this yes, guy won. I apologize. I apologize. This is one of my favorite guys on tour. He's, you know, he presents himself in the YouTube golf scene quite often. And I, I like him. So I'm, I'm bummed out. I, I forgot who I, I forgot I picked him, but yeah, Keith Mitchell, he's in good form. He played well, uh, played well at Pebble and, uh, played decent at, uh, the waste management Phoenix open. And so I just think, you know, good solid player. So I'm, I'm picking him. 2019 Honda classic winner, Mr. Joe. Yes. And he likes this track. That's right. His Indeed. only win, right? Is that his only win? It might, it might so. just be, but we, we've seen him uh, with Garrett and Grant over at good, good playing in South Carolina, I think. Yeah. With, uh, yep. with Scotty's next pick. Oh, yeah. Speaking of, uh, second round pick for me, um, definitely featured on Good Good, buddy with Keith, is Grayson Sig, uh, <clears throat> rookie on the PGA Tour, killed it on the corner Ferry last year. Um, <clears throat> picked him, I think, in my DraftKings at Pebble. He did pretty well. I mean, he's just, I think he's a good young player. Just kind of looking for an out-of-the-box pick because all the Vegas odds-on favorites I've been picking every week just haven't been cutting it. <laughs> So looking to mix it up a little. I think we'll find something, Louie, with uh, with Louie and, and Sig. And I, I'm looking at your third pick, who should be pretty solid too. So I'm going to go with the last week winner. Don't always think this works out. So kind of taking a chance on it. But uh, I saw Scheffler go from Phoenix to a top 20 back at Riviera came in hot so I'm, I'm hoping to ride the hot hand the 23 year old joaquin neiman the chilean gunslinger i just love this move with his driver his head is all the way sideways when he's at impact he's fun to watch so i'm following it joaquin neiman second round pick all right oh, dude. Yeah. final mr. round mr hot hand all right yeah final round i am going with mr fleetwood uh, finished fourth here at uh, PGA National in 2018 and third in 2020. So some uh, top five, top ten finishes. You know, probably one of the few guys who doesn't have a PGA Tour victory. And uh, he, he can definitely get the job done. So fingers crossed Fleetwood comes out and gets his first dub. Yeah. yeah. He's kind of player on tour. Yeah. Without a dub, I got to say, I think. Yeah. And there was a there's a few guys we were talking about a few weeks ago, but uh Scheffler got it done. I think Scheffler is probably right in the mix for best on tour without a win. He got Zally. his Zally. Um, there's a couple names, but Fleetwood, Joe, I'm gonna give it to you. He's, he's probably the best, most deserving player mm. on the tour that that should win one. And I think he kind of needs to if he wants to remain on the PGA tour. He's good is over right? in Europe. He's good over in Europe, but I think he needs a PGA tour win to to retain his status uh oh, he, he lost his card last year yeah so he hasn't been in as many tournaments yeah it's all sponsors exemptions and like if you're like 
top 50 in the world or whatever getting into tournaments. She lost a PGA Tour card. I didn't know that. He didn't make the money list because isn't it like if you make the money list, like you're. I yeah, but top- he played really bad and doesn't. He didn't like play in enough tournaments because he's on the plays on the DP World Tour so much. So we're we're rooting for Fleetwood G. We need yeah, he was he was third on my list in that uh, average birdies per round in Florida stat. So mm, that goes well. Pulling for him. I'm going. We um, shall see. I'm going with. I believe he's from Canada, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm going with a Canadian, Mackenzie Hughes. I don't know a lot about the guy. I, you know, I know he's a young hitter, and I hope I hope his game's on. He was right there at the U.S. Open, and uh, yeah, it was cool to see him come in on Sunday with his family and celebrate Father's Day with with a, a young child, if not too young child. But uh, he was right there at the U.S. Open. He's he's been around, and he's looking for a breakthrough as well. So we'll see about the Canuck. Yep. So that leaves me with my final pick, and that's going to be Brian Harmon, the uh, the steady lefty. Got to stay. Don't like the look of his putter. It's freaking huge. Just <laughs> ugly looking. Don't like to watch him putt with it. But the guy's usually pretty steady on tour. And I don't think length is as big of an issue on this course. Um, so I'm hoping he can give himself some good lucks and use that that big ass putter to make some putts. Yeah. Do we seems... know what it is? The I think putter. It's, I think it's a Scotty, but it is freaking huge. Just a big old mallet. <laughs> Yeah, but like Adam Scott style mallet, but like double the size. Adam has a different uh, putter. I, I, he had a different one at Rib. It was like same length, but like a, a blade. Yeah, he did bring out a new putter. I saw that. <laughs> you see, it looked like literally like the Tesla like chrome truck, but like yeah. putter version. <laughs> yeah, I had like the wings on the back. Yeah. Well, I think Brian Harmon, he's – you know, when he's on, he's on, he's at the top of the leaderboard if he's hanging around. So we'll see, this could be a week where he's a top five finisher. I, I would maybe even sprinkle a little bit of cash on him for a top five. Really, if you're feeling good about it. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. With the 12th and final pick, I went first round, a home game projection guy that's just coming back to the tour and Daniel Berger. I followed up Joaquin's dominant performance at Riviera, bringing him over to Florida, see how he handles it. And another, so defending champion from last week to defending champion from last year at this tournament, Matt Jones. He won it by five last year. He had that, um, you know, course record tying first round, 61. He's one of those guys where Joe was mentioning last week that, you know, Tringali or someone that's always just popping (laughs) off in the first round and we never pick him, but. This is Matt Jones. I think this is probably my second or third time picking him in, in our game over the last year. But, uh, you know, he's defending champion. He's, he went to Arizona State. He's an Aussie. There's, there's reasons to like him. He plays extremely fast. I'm sticking with Matt Jones this week. Hopefully he does well, um, you know, defending his title at the Bear Trap. We shall see. Very interesting, though. I, I don't know how to feel about a guy that's just coming off injury, a guy that just won last week, and a guy that's defending his title. So we'll see. But um, in all fairness, if I don't win this week, hopefully I'm setting myself up for the Arnold Palmer next week. We'll see. <laughs> those are go. all solid picks. Honorable mention. Um, saw him popping up over all those Florida stats I was mentioning. Didn't add them to my team. You know, just three picks can only do so much. But 
um, my boy Bezzy, Christian Bezadenhut. I love that uh, guy. Ah. He loves the Florida swing. Seems to always be popping up over leaderboards. So uh, could be adding him to a DraftKings or maybe a top 20 bet here. Little note, look for him at the Scottish Open later in July. He was fire last year. I, I think he likes that link style. So we, we shall see. But we got our three picks in for the Honda Classic. A little recap of the Genesis. A lot to talk about on that 10th hole, which is really fun. And, uh, you know, we're, we've got some good stuff coming up. I'll be heading out to Scottsdale next week, uh, do a little bit of golfing down there, heading back to the Bay Area, hopefully a couple more rounds. And then uh, not too long after that, we're heading for Payne's Valley. So keep an eye out for our, our golf starting to kick into gear. I know we're at the end of February now, so golf season is coming for us. But always fun talking about the PGA and what they're doing. Really excited for this Florida swing. we got great golf coming over the next few weeks. Stay tuned. Glad to have you back. Boys, let's get after it in Florida. Let's yes, do it. sir. Ooh.